Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Hi, this is Luz Jr. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, and Rock is not dead. Thanks, son. I'm so proud. Today, we're covering Slash's entire solo career. I'm talking Snake Pit, Velvet Revolver, and the Miles Kennedy era. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined, as always, with the reptilian LC. How are you this afternoon, LC? I am uncoiled, uncensored, and ready to go, Baco. <laughs> glad to be glad to be out of my box. Glad to have you back on the show. Now, it's been a while since we've actually done one of these where we weren't drinking coffee. I'm actually going to enjoy a Coors Light if it's all right with you. Ooh, yes. Crack it open, Beardo. Silver bullet. Yeah, mine's already open. I'm sorry. I've been drinking. Oh, okay. I've been drinking since about 8 a.m. So, you know. Fair enough. It's a day off. That's right. We're going to be back to actually adding alcohol into the mix, not just caffeine and bean water. Excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you again. It's been a while. I've been. I've been. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm. I'm afraid of grunge, so I've been hiding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I just uh, at least now um, with everything that's been going on, um, and let, although the conspiracy theory, theorists can, can claim that uh, we faked your death a while ago or something, uh, but I have not killed you and taken over the show to gain an extra one percent uh, uh-huh. back. Um, you are alive. You're still uh, out there in Denver. You're you're hiding in your your little uh, man cave. Uh, yes. Away from the family, as as all good men should do. Just uh, yes. ignore your your kids and wife as much as you possibly can. No, uh, I like to, I like this. I, I want to just uh, add fuel to the fire of the uh, some of the theories out there that there's there's issues. There's issues, man. The whole podcast going a different direction. There's a whole grunge side cast. <laughs> you're, at, uh, I've even heard one that every time you have somebody on on the show, you're just testing them out. For the next, for the next host of Cobras and Fire. Yeah, who, do you, you, who are the finalists in your opinion? Then, uh, well, you, uh, I, we have Aaron Camaro coming up, but uh, I suppose everybody's heard the Ron Young interview. We, we had natural rapport. I'm probably just going to do something like with him and Ron Keel, the, the two Rons and Baco or something. We'll, we'll change the name of the podcast to or 
That'd be you know? great. Yeah. They could, so basically, you could you could introduce them and let them fight about politics and just turn off your mic. Maybe they could be my Rontourage. Ooh, I like it. Mm. Oh, two Rons? Yeah. Perfect. Oh my God. Yes, the the two men that like to, to talk the most that are <laughs> like uh, uh, lead lead posers of their band or whatever he puts his title as. Yeah, Ron yeah. Young on his Facebook page. But no, great, great Ron Young interview. Super fun. Another example of a, of of a conversation with somebody that I knew nothing about going into it, but had was highly entertained um, as an example. Plus, again, props. Uh, in all reality, there is no riff. I have been enjoying listening to the grunge sidecast side as well and the bonus content interviews that are connected to them. So hopefully everybody out there is enjoying both sides of the Cobra and the fire. Yeah, yes. I mean, other than spreading the rumors that there was a rift, I haven't heard anything about a rift between us. So, Oh, uh, I've been just constantly messaged. Why is it over? Where are you? <laughs> What's going on? You know, what's the power struggle? I've been so getting the other me. stuff. It's like, this is better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the talent shines. This is how I wanted uh, it for years. I've Listen, I've been waiting for that. As always, I say, any any idea on the show that's good is yours. I just steal and, and, yeah, okay. uh, and use it, right? Of course. That's well, right. that's, I like to think so. Um, uh, I would like to touch on the Ron Young interview a little bit because we got kind of serious at times and a little political. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, people really I, – I thought I'd get a lot of shit for that. But uh, for the most part, people either liked it or maybe if they didn't, they just kind of checked out for an episode. So maybe we have listeners that are grownups and don't need to like get into a pissing contest because they, they don't like it. But fear not. This show will never become a heavy political conversation. Ron kind of took it there. And, uh, you know, we're adults. We have minds and we we have things to share once in a while, but it might come out here and there. But uh, uh, thanks to basically everybody for being cool with it. Yeah. And, and, and for those that uh, uh, are thinking, maybe I'm not going to listen to that for politics. There's also sections where uh, uh, guys ejaculate on their secretary and get fired. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there, there, there is that. There is that and if you're a married man, we out. bitch about Bed Bath & Beyond. So <laughs> uh, that, that really seemed to strike a chord with him. He's like, yeah, I've fucking been there. She, which color hand towel do you like? I don't fucking I just, I just care. Wanna, I don't want to see him uh, uh, taking those those whatever those letters and writing Little Caesar like you do at Baco. <laughs> uh, he's just going to change his name to LC, Little Caesar, baby. Oh, yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> he has the same initials. How did I know? The, uh, by the way, the whole uh, before we go into today's subject, which you've seen in the, the show notes, uh, we'll, well, you know, we'll just pretend we're another – Podcast that has to do with coins and talk about nothing that has to do with the actual show yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, but so LC also Little Caesar never made that connection in, until that point. So I have been told that, that now I'm, I'm trying to rebrand myself LC. I can just say it means something different now. You know what I mean? Or the, the spelling LC is an E L S I L C L C, which in Spanish means the yes. The yes. Okay. The yes. So that's also what I'm going I'm to think about. So I could actually call myself T-T-Y. Okay. So excited to be back, but uh, throw something at me before we go into the subject at hand. Anything else? Any other bullshit? Before we get into the, today's topic, I did have a question I wanted to ask you. You have, have you seen the movie Avatar? Oh, yes. It's very photorealistic. Okay. Um, can you name two characters? Uh... I think there is the uh, uh, Smurf lady and um, <laughs> and a uh, guy with guy with short haircut that goes into another world by by you know going to sleep. How about this? What's your favorite quote from the movie? Uh, everything is blue. 
Highest grossing movie of all time. Uh-huh. Is that really true? This is still the stat? Yeah. Uh, it, now, spread that. Well, it, if, if it's been beat, it was definitely, I'm just saying, there really has never been a movie so forgettable, so forgotten, that did so well. Uh, I, I've only seen the first half hour, and I, I, I can't remember the, the generic-ass name they had for the land, like Imagination Land or, or you know, uh, Rainbow <laughs> Cornucopia Land or whatever they, they named the dumb thing. Uh Ask, start asking people, and I, I encourage listeners to do it. I, hopefully, because someone brought that up, and I'm like, holy fuck, that movie was huge. I mean, there are kids that have never seen Jaws that know you're going to need a bigger boat. Right, sure. Okay, and those same kids went to Avatar ten times and can't name two characters. Is that actually a, a stat, or is that something you've been doing a personal uh, personal test? It's an official Baco test so uh wasn't mine somebody brought it up to me and then i was like holy fuck no shit now with that said for, for to be fair and balanced you're a little bit of a uh james cameron hater or you're just only a tight a boat titanic hater like not a hater like at titanic all. not not at all okay. okay okay no no no. i'm a hater of people that lost their shit at the idea that somebody didn't go see titanic okay okay like like Same because as, it's yeah. not like oh i've never seen it if this is the reaction what You've never seen Titanic? No, because I, I don't need to see a fucking love story on a boat. I, I look, well, first, first off. It was more out of timing, you know what I mean? I was single when the thing was in the theaters initially. Who the fuck is going to go see that singly? And then that's not my kind of movie to begin with. But uh, So basically what you're saying is you were near, far, wherever you, you are. But you weren't, a, you weren't <laughs> yeah. at the tech. How about but that? I, want to, I know that. Based on... Yeah, based on that reaction, though, I just want you to ask random people in the street. I just want, I want you to go to people in the street and just say, "By the way, I've never seen Titanic." Just to see if somebody goes, "What?" <laughs> I bet it would happen quicker than you think. How about this? I, I, I'll do the opposite. I'll go up to people like, "You ever seen Grandma's Boy?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, no, well, yeah, that's, that's a good ba balance. But I will tell you, the thing about Avatar that's ridiculous is the I, it was thing. one of those things, too, that was almost you were – I think it's the same thing you say about like some certain Kiss songs. There, there, there are certain songs that are insisted upon you, like you must <laughs> yes. like this. Like, like that – same with Avatar. I finally broke down and saw it, and I was just like – and I'm a Cameron fan. I love T2, sure. all this stuff like that, and – uh, Aliens is a top, top, probably a top five movie. For there me. you just, go. Those are great movies. So, and they're quotable as fuck. Mm -hmm. Okay. All the stuff that, that, uh, Bill, uh, Paxton says and things like that. Anyway, but Avatar, but I never said people say like, yeah, man, that movie, everything in it looks so real. I'm like, you know, it also looks real jaws. Like you say, cause it's a fucking real movie. I mean, what was the big point of it? There's a bunch of graphics shit happened and it ended. And you're right. Probably a week later, I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. It's junk food, bro. <laughs> and but I do remember this: a single white man saved an entire uh, race of of color. Just oh. just it basically dances with wolves with CGI. <laughs> but I think that's the theme of all James Cameron movies. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But also, James Cameron does movies just so he can bang his lead or marry mm. them. I think. I think he was. I think he was with. Uh, what's the lady from T Terminator? Oh, uh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, there's a little bit of. I either dated or married her, and then the lady from Abyss. I think he either dated or married her too. So, oh, he was uh, definitely boy. Uh, Mary Mary Elizabeth Master yes. Antonio. Mm -hmm. And then and check then her out in uh, the uh, the Calendar Man or whatever that that movie is. And I think he was just onto some blue squish <laughs> on Avatar. Oh yeah. 
He always fucking wanted to hit by uh, Smurfette, man. That's right. So he made it come true. Yeah. If I want Smurfette, I want her hotter. And with big ears. Oh. That's all it was. So, yeah, li- listeners, uh, yeah, do your own little test. Uh, that movie was huge. Tell us, give us some feedback. Have you seen it? And can you, without looking it up, name one or two characters? And what's your favorite quote? I'm guessing it's the same. Or maybe we just start a, a new catchphrase reaction to anything you don't like. Hmm. What's that? Yeah, just, just a what? <laughs> Yeah, I encourage people to start overreacting to to simple things in life. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could do that the same way. That could be our version of the 1970s. Excuse me. What do you think? Come on. It's all about catchphrases. All right. So I encourage the listeners at home to do their own little test on on the whole Avatar thing. Uh, for a movie that big, you should be able to name a couple characters and uh, at least a, a couple quotable lines. Anyway, loose. Uh, what are we here to talk about today? We got something new going, right? Sure. Yep. So we've done discographies in the past, Megadeth, Alice Cooper, things of that nature, but we've never just focused on one artist that's had multiple bands or projects. And one that I've always found pretty fascinating is Slash. So we're starting a new series, which we just like we have when we're breaking down the record called Breaking the Record. This will be our Breaking the Artist series. Nice. And for, so for Slash, we're going to cover... Everything from Snake Pit to Velvet Revolver to the Miles Kennedy output. And, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the things. And that combines damn close to 10 albums or so, too. So we're going to kind of go over it, share our thoughts on the man, Guns N' Roses, and kind of and, and kind of go from there. So you ready, man? Uh, let's do it, man. Okay. So I guess uh, I'm going to throw it at you and just to get a little kind of, uh, I guess, a blueprint or so. How does how does Slash, uh, if, as a musician or in a fan, things like that, how does Slash rank uh, with you as far as as a guitarist, either by style or anything you want to say to start out with? I think he hits almost all the uh, the key points for me. Uh, he's He's got a recognizable sound. You can always tell it's him. Uh, he also tends to have more of a... Um, I don't know. I, I really don't care if it's bluesy or kind of shreddery, but he approaches it more for what's going to fit the song. You know what I mean? Eddie Van Halen can do damn near anything, but everything he does as an output typically doesn't come off like uh, like guitar wanking. It, 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 it's about the song. There's there's certain examples, but I think my point is clear. Slash does the same thing. He just kind of like everything is about like what's the listener going to enjoy. You know what I mean? But he's, he's very good. He was... Uh, well, he had a huge role in, in in the shift in music, just with his style and look and everything. I mean, and uh, you know, he's iconic and recognizable in in almost every imaginable way. So, love yeah. him. Yeah. So basically, what, what I, I think I kind of echo the same five top hats. <laughs> exactly. That's what. That's how I would rate him. I mean, you talk about you know, let's just say being a rock star in general, you got to have mm-hmm. a look immediately. However, he came up with it. You know, I, I, I imagine almost a cartoon image of, of Jack Daniels in hand, top hat, maybe shirtless, leather pants, just looking like you would imagine uh, the Sunset Strip rock stars were to look. But actually, whether it was a, 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 a front or not, it seemed genuine, right? Like yeah, that no, was that, no doubt. Okay. And, and as far as sound, I think you're, what you're saying, right? Like the Eddie Van Halen thing, he elevates songs when, it, when he when he plays mm-hmm. it. If he's doing it the right way, like "Sweet Child of Mine," I don't think if it wasn't for the solo, 
that it would be as popular or that the whole where do we go really that, that, that for me I guess what I'm saying on that on that song is let's just take it out maybe from like a rock fan perspective I never shut that song off if it start if I kick into it and like the second verse because I I love this solo it's one of the best solos for me of right. all time is I'm okay. saying it takes yeah, that song like, next like the level. single edit probably pisses you off it does yes I, yeah. I need to hear that where do we go and then the long that that solo is perfect his solo in Rocket Queen. I'm just talking about from a basis of of, of just Guns N' Roses. There's that, and I'll, I won't take anything away from Izzy too. That combo of what they do on the left right. and the right uh, just takes it next level, right? No, they were great together. I mean, I but you know, you don't hear anything and go, "Oh, that sounds like Izzy Stradlin." That's probably going to piss people like you know Joey Haney off. But you know, Joey's Joey's got that next level ear. So, um, uh, sorry, Joey. I- I'm trying to speak to the masses here. You know, uh, we-, we have a giant audience. And yes. <laughs> that was it. I have no idea where we're going. I will say this. Slash has two guest appearances that, if you didn't tell me it was him, I wouldn't know it. He was on the Daughtry record, uh, that American Idol guy. I love hearing him talk about it, too. Like, yeah, I guess I was just kind of doing it with somebody in the industry a favor. Right. Never knew. Didn't even know who the guy was. And there isn't a new one. Uh, who is it? Uh, I got a fucking... Just came out. I know. Oh, uh, Ozzy. Uh, Ozzy, and I'll give you one more, is that if he wasn't in the video, you would never know he was in black and white with Michael Jackson. Disagree with you on that totally. All right. Fair enough. That, we'll, We've we'll, talked we'll, about that. that. That sounds like Slash. Okay. So, But the but for the most part, you, you see him jump out, is my point, is you don't even mm-hmm. need to know. You're like, okay, that's the sound. And, and uh, so I guess where were you when Use Your Illusions were done and Guns N' Roses were officially on hiatus and things like that. And you heard that a new Snake Pit album was, you know, a new Slash solo project was coming out. Did you buy it when it came out immediately? Or were you like, I don't really give a fuck? Where were you kind of, do you remember? Well, I was living at home and broke. So I, I was kind of conserving my money for alcohol and records I knew I had to get. <laughs> uh, I ended up buying it used maybe about a year after it came out. Okay. So I was, I was. You Miss know, you, Pops. <laughs> I, I was at full, you know, full top hat erect for this coming out. I just, you know, I, I anything Guns N' Roses for me, as far as Guns N' Roses for me, they're they're, they're a top band for me. So it just anything, I, even if it sucked at first, I was going to get it. I uh, think the delay, um, the Juju Hounds record and oh, yeah. the Spaghetti Incident kind of all kind of took the I got to get it thing away from it you know shit everything with them just got slowed down so damn much um, i did not i did not research that but i can't remember if duff's album came out first before this one too because everything i think it was after it did because duff was still in gnr when this record came out okay fair enough no well, I, I could be wrong in the timing but i think I've, that's why i think that but you're right like i actually did like the izzy the first juju hounds record i thought it was kind of cool it was all right it was okay you know I mean? it was okay yeah. it was it was basically like well, this is where they get their Stones vibe. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and then he kind of went full on. Uh, look, I have a lot of respect for Izzy. It's just, you know, not my thing. Um, but And then the spaghetti incident was just like, what was the fucking point of this? I actually um, enjoyed it, the majority of it. But I get what you're saying. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been listening to that a lot in the last 30 years, too. <laughs> I do come back to it, actually, here and there, though. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry I didn't get it on vinyl, though. I'm waiting for the uh, deluxe edition oh, of that. Oh, God. If it wasn't for the Manson tracks, it'd be worthless. <laughs> I don't even have those. I, I deleted them off my CD. <laughs> don't let me know how to do that. Well, you just take a you just take a little uh, a knife and you scratch that part of the CD so it skips. That's cool. how I used to do it. Anyway, um, so you, 
Let's get down to what everybody enjoys in the podcast world, and that is listening to a grown man read some facts from Wikipedia. Are you ready? What, what you got? All right. So Sla- Slash of Snake Pit was released. Uh, the, their debut album was released in 95 called It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. Now, did you know what that – were you familiar with that phrase? Oh, of course. For me, it was like, that's that's incredible. It's true. It is 5 O'Clock Somewhere, and now <laughs> I'm allowed to drink. Never heard it before. No, what do I you drink think? a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've that was my introduction to that. I was like, just genius. My dad man. was an alcoholic. I heard all the stuff. <laughs> okay. uh, no, uh, no, yeah, I definitely, there was a, whatever, I, I've known the, I don't even know where I would have first known that phrase. It's so long. Gotcha, gotcha. But, um, so. Uh, but you just gave the, the, uh, the listeners a spit take. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Good. So we've got uh, the lineup uh, for this. First off, he just wants he just wanted to call it Snake Pit, but the man decided to make him call it Slash's Snake Pit. Your thoughts? I think um, one of the annoying things about shit like Slash is that he tries too hard to make everything about everything but himself. Look, Guns N' Roses is your band. Everything else is fucking Slash. Velvet Revolver would be kind of a different distinction, but give me a break. This is a Slash record, uh, and, and, and we're going to get into a more nauseating level of this crap down the <laughs> yes, down his uh, thing. But right now, yeah, this is a Slash record. You know what I mean? The record company is right here. Um, not nothing, No shots against the lineup, but they're, they're, people aren't buying this because they really enjoy the bass playing of Michael Inez circa 1995. <laughs> You love to throw drama at the, the rhythm section of any Fair band. enough. Jelly, yeah, like all these jellyfish fans are fucking clamoring. Both <laughs> of the jellyfish, both the people who bought the jellyfish record were, were like, wow, I can't wait to get to the, hear what Eric Dover does with Slash. <laughs> okay, anyways, since you're breaking down the members. But yes, I don't understand why. And by the way, from now, even from a digital sorting standpoint, his fucking music is a mess to find out yes. there. As far as like, it's like you, you go under Slash's if you type in slash, you only get the stuff that we're talking about later, but you don't get the snake pit. You got to go under snake pit. It should just be called, there's no apostrophe S, just fucking slash. Can we have mm-hmm. a consensus on this? His entire, except for Velvet Revolver, anything that was just his band, why can't we just call it slash? Can I get an amen? Well, I can tell you this, that uh, in my CD collection, uh, the, they all go right in a row. Uh, so from Slash to Snake Pit right into Slash. Mine actually filed under G because Guns N' Roses trumps, and I put all that stuff together. Yeah, so and when someone's looking for your discs, that's probably how they're going to find it, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Come on. You know, Wilson, uh, my buddy, he organizes his in the order that he bought them. Well, that's absolutely insane. Just, <laughs> you, know, just you know. Just you know. Uh, hey, do uh, you have uh, that Europe final countdown? Yeah, it's somewhere between tray five and tray ninety-three. Yes, that sorting can only be done by a man that's saving up to to add Vinnie Vincent to his back. Okay. Mm. <laughs> to, to to finish up the art. Okay. Uh, that that that's done by a man who wants to show that tattoo to the guitar player from Them Evils. <laughs> Remember me, <laughs> boy. That's. That's inside. That's inside reference there. That's that's great, for though. the long term listeners. <laughs> that's there. right. Oh my god, I remember that reference from 150 episodes ago. <laughs> Amen. All right. So, the lineup for Slash the Snake Pit is uh, a guy named Slash. Then you got Eric Dover on lead vocals of Jelly Jelly Fame, uh, Gilby Clark, Mike. Inez and Matt Sorum on drums. So you got, you know, two. Yeah, and I don't think Gilby was there for the whole record. You know, he's no. not, 
I mean, he is pictured in the CD, so maybe. I don't know. He's got a lot of writing credits here and there on a few and things like that. But um, I guess also you've got Mike Klink is the, is the producer, which mm-hmm. I also got in Steve Thompson. Uh, Michael, how do you say his Barbiero? They're both involved? Yeah. So you got basically the lineup of some GNR here is my point. Yeah, Steve Thompson, by the way, not wearing a face mask. Oh, really? That, that's Just his thing? Throwing it out there. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to know. Pro- promise to keep politics light. <laughs> All right. Somehow a face but, uh, mask is political. Yeah, and, and this this album, uh, and this will go. <laughs> thank you. This album it will uh, 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 go into a, a common uh, theme overall for Slice's career. It comes in at a brisk seventy minutes and fourteen tracks. <laughs> but uh, well, your you question know, first chance to be on his own. Yeah, here's here's my question. And now apparently some of these songs were a lot of them were rejected songs by the rejected by Axel for a possible uh, inclusion on a upcoming Guns N' Roses album. Um, your thoughts? Uh, I'll t- this kind of structure. Your thoughts initially on uh, your overall impression of the of the album and the actual album cover maybe we'll use go ahead i actually enjoy the album cover i think it's solid as far as like you know referencing slash and, and his yep. love for snakes and his look and all that stuff the album itself you touched on is way too fucking long honestly um i probably other than maybe the day i bought it or, or a couple times since i have never made it past uh track three wow okay there really isn't a lot of good stuff on here uh, it, it it just it's hard to it doesn't keep your focus. So if there is some gems at like ten, eleven, or twelve, you're probably already asleep. Um, but uh, yeah, I there. But at the same time, neither can I. And beggars and hangers on are just incredible fucking tracks.
This is at most a nine or ten track album. It's three or four good songs. The rest of it not so good. Is that my review for all albums? Yeah, when I actually I, maybe I channel loose cannon to to review this one. Yeah, I don't. Um... <laughs> no, I actually. Enjoy... It'll be like cheap tricks. Someone will tell me I'm wrong, and, and then I'll like I'll have to go back and listen to it again, and then I'll be like, why the fuck do I keep doing this? I don't think that uh, that that uh, fucking riot record's any good. <laughs> well. I get what you're saying. I'm going to tell you, spoiler alert, right now, we're, we're not exactly doing a ranking. We're just kind of doing some summaries okay. on this and impression. But this is my favorite Slash output. Uh, really? And, yeah. It is bloated as fuck, but that goes into a lot of, basically, all of his solo output. Um, and I, It's and better I, than the next record, that's for sure. Yeah. And and the the thing I have on this is that that... Slash, not that great a songwriter. Great at making riffs and seeing what, what will happen with it and just throwing everything at the wall. But yeah, neither can I. Beggars and Hangers on are great. But you've got some things later on there that, that I encourage the listener as well as you to check out. Like like the uh, the song Be the Ball, um, Doing Fine is a lot of fun. Uh, the disgustingly named Jizz de Pit is mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, a throwaway. That's an instrumental. But um there are some definite turds here, but but overall, there's there's some good stuff on the back half. The middle part, I, I know what you're talking about. Like past track three, it gets soft as as shit, like just just turds. But for whatever reason, bad sequencing. The good stuff is the last. I like, think uh, Sonny Pooney sequenced tracks. this. Yeah, I think he did. He did, yeah. he says sequencing doesn't matter. I say it does. Again, Sonny, proving you wrong. But my go-to track is the ridiculous, uh, probably the only song that's an ode to playing pinball when you're when you're drunk and listening to the Stones, based on the lyrics, and that is "Be the Ball."
Something Slash and I have in common there. What's that? We prefer uh, pinball over video games if given the choice of one. Of one in all situations or at a bar? Well, definitely in a bar, but I think like uh, I just think pinball is a little more fun, a little more interactive. Uh, um, I, I love video games too, though. I just, uh, but, but I just, I dig that old school feel. Well, now, do you actually share your pinball machine with with a with a mate or, or or the wife? Like one gets a button, or do you control it completely? Do you share the, <laughs> Do you share the fun? And one takes it, and you yell at the other person for fucking it up. One to four players, baby. Oh, uh, no, four players. Yeah, one one to four. You do not. Uh, you do not. Uh, you don't. You don't share. No, okay. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So it's only a one-player game. Is what you're saying. Hundred percent. Yeah. My my old roommate used to like to nudge it. You know, a little too hard for my collectible. Sure. Like, you, you nudge that motherfucker one more time, and it's fifty cents a game. Understood. Okay. So next up, we have. Uh, he took a little bit of time off. This is when Guns N' Roses basically just vanished overall, and, and things changed. And you, you, you just, between both, you just heard about, I think kind of this is when you heard the inklings of that, that Guns N' Roses was going to do Chinese democracy. Does that exactly. Sound about right? yeah, I, I first heard about Chinese democracy probably around 97, 98. Okay. And, and I think I heard some leaked demos before 2000. Um, well, I shouldn't call them demos. They're fucking polished tracks, but. Uh, yeah, and I think Slash's delay was largely drugs. But for round two, he takes a, a nice, you know, good five years between albums. Um, uh, and he decides he's going to put out a second album called Slash's Snake Pit, but have nobody, true to our point earlier, mm-hmm. from the first album except for him. Nobody is the same. So The entire another, band's different. Yeah. yeah, so why not just call it Slash? The, first off, before we get into the music, album cover. I th- hey, well, hold on. I think he actually fired the, the singer before the tour with ACDC, too. And then, yeah, he got sick because of, you know, basically drug addiction on the tour. So I know that that is part of it. So it's got, so this lineup is Slash, uh, Rod Jackson, who, do you know anything about this guy? No, other than that, I, I think he was actually fired before the tour. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he, so I he think, did that. So different lead vocals. You got Ryan Roxy, which I'm only familiar with being in Alice Cooper's band. Yep. Um, some guy named Johnny Gripperick on bass, which is such an unknown name that he doesn't even have a hyperlink on Wikipedia to other projects. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only person there. Then you got some name named Matt Log on drums. So an yeah. all-star lineup, obviously. Definitely needs to be a band project. Not a, I've always not a gone on the theory that whoever a, a typeset this just flipped up the N and got it upside down, and now it went from Lang to Log. Oh, my God. I guess so, right? Jesus. Yeah, this, it, shit was a mess for, for Slash at this point. He was... Dealing with most of his, basically all his demons were catching up to him. You know, after about a you know a decade of being a hard partier. Yeah. So 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 prior to this album's release, though, uh, Snake Pit actually, I thought that'd be, be kind of cool to see, but uh, they supported ACDC on their Stiff Upper Lip tour from August to September. Uh, dog in a bone. <laughs> followed by their own headlining tour of theaters, but they only played on the first two shows. After fill, fi, fought, uh, excuse me, after falling ill and checking into a hospital in Pittsburgh, Slash was ordered by his doctor to stay home to recuperate, reportedly from quote pneumonia. Can we do translations for pneumonia? <laughs> yeah, throat problems. For if you if he was a singer, it'd be throat issues. But yes, uh, but later revealed uh, that he had suffered from cardiac myop myopathy caused by his years of alcohol and drug abuse with his heart swelling to the point of rupture holy balls 
Uh, so he also, oddly, uh, co-headlined three shows with Billy Idol. So things were random for, for Slash at this time. Uh, also riding high at that point was Billy Idol, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's that's uh, that the place is just breaking attendance records between both. <laughs> but uh, but no. So first off, album cover. Uh, it's okay. Whatever. I don't like it at all. I think it was a big fail. It's it looks like those you know when you're uh, you're at one of those fairs and somebody wants to do your picture for mm-hmm. uh, twenty bucks and you laugh about it, you and your girlfriend or whatever. That's that's what it looks like to me. That's like you know it kind of reminds me of. Did you ever watch uh, Good Times? They had that painting at the end. Dynamite. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of that kind of level of artwork. Maybe that's what Slash was going for. Yeah, I don't know. But it's uh, exactly. It's like you could recognize Slash in this drawing and <laughs> nobody else because this is a bunch of random dudes that, that play in this album. Not a good cover. Um, I remember getting this, and actually my impression of this album was your impression of 5 O'Clock Summer. I listened to it maybe once and mm-hmm. completely forgot about everything until years later – he had like a live album that featured some of these songs when he started playing again in the uh, mid two thousands, like going on tour. Yep, there are actually some a couple great songs on this album, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you agree. Do you, are there any standouts here, or is this a complete? Well, yeah, for to you? me, the opener uh, "Been There Lately" is is Hell yeah. that would have been a fucking killer uh, Guns N' Roses tune. Killer track with with this Rod Jackson guy singing on it. I I've played the fucking shit out of that. So basically, that's basically the song on it. I assume, right? So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not. Yep. Uh, this is not yep. a record I go to a lot, other than that no. tune. No, this one. Um, it's basically that track. Uh, a uh, Speed Parade is is pretty solid, and also a song called Mean Bone, which is very similar to the. Very clever song by C.C. Deville called "I Hate Every Bone in in Your Body, but but uh, but mine." So, but but he won't play that anymore because he found Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry, I did not know that. How, how does Jesus have to do with boning some girl you don't like? It's about not boning some girl you don't like. Oh, Jesus see? would not bone her. And which which uh, which part of the Bible is that? Ezekiel 12. Oh, okay. <laughs> thou shall not bone. <laughs> thou shall not bone chick. Uh, that's tired, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Wow. I wonder what version that uh, CC has of the Bible. <laughs> oh, man, the King Baco edition, yeah. I would, I would love to, to be <laughs> at a, uh, a board, uh, to, to meet CC the born again and just, just listen oh. to his voice. You talk about people. I mean, I, I guarantee even born again Christians are like Jesus Christ. Just go back to the fucking devil. You're annoying. Yes. <laughs> They're not allowed to, but uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's. I would. <laughs> anything else? Actually, on this? you know what? If I was at it, like one of those born again things, and he started talking, I would be like, "Holy fuck! It was I'm I'm in the wrong place. The where, oh devil, where art thou?" <laughs> that's right. Just his voice will make you go to Satan. His speaking voice. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. How about this? You. Here, we're going to do a little routine. You ready? I'm going to bring it in. Yeah. Okay. You are CeCe DeVille, and I'm coming up to you. You ready? Yep. Hey, CeCe, by the way, just want to let you know, I've never seen Titanic. What? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so finally, the uh, Slash seems to kind of get himself back together 
And in getting himself back together, he's, he decides he would like to form a band with Duff McKagan, Matt Sorum, and find somebody that definitely doesn't have his shit together, and that is Scott Weiland, as well as somebody nobody knows, Jared, Jared Kushner. <laughs> Jared Kushner oh. on guitar. <laughs> wow, that might be a little deep, but let's roll with it. Your thoughts on Velvet Revolver hearing this band that was going to be formed? Well, there was a lot of buildup. I mean, uh, I mean, I knew about this band probably a year before they picked Scott Weiland, and then it was probably another year before you know they actually did something. We knew those guys were working together. VH1 did a special with them, trying to find a singer. Um, you know, everybody from Sebastian Bach to the guy from uh, Days of the New was yep. attached to this. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, f- uh, the Allison Shane singer, uh, Lane Staley. Uh, had expressed interest to a friend in actually seeking out an, an audition with these guys. It never came to fruition because he was, you know, basically going to die in about six months. But yep. so yeah, basically everybody uh, except for Ron Young was asked to to, to be in this band. Um, he wouldn't have been too bad. No, I uh, I would I would take him over what Slash is doing right now. But uh, oh, yeah. uh, th- not not to get into that because we got that coming up. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, and then um, it was the Hulk soundtrack, right? The first one that that, that everybody hated, uh, that had uh, Slither on it, right? And that was kind of the first kind of uh, music that we heard. And then uh, the album was out a few months later. I, I'm not sure if it was Slither that was on there or not. I think it was Set Me Free. I might be wrong. Yes, it is. Set Me Free was the uh, the single that was on the Hulk. Slither yeah. was out before the record on a different soundtrack then. Fair enough. But um, but uh, Set Me Free was the one that was on um, the Hulk and... Uh, 2003 but yeah but who cares but the main the the actual album came out in 2004 so you're probably right slither and that one came out because that came out came out june 8th 2004 and i remember hearing a lot of hype too and and man i was excited about this you know what i mean like like the fact Mm -hmm. that three i mean if you think about it it's pretty much the same thing as the guns N' roses reunion now obviously less axel but you have three out of the five that are together. right no i mean exactly um and I, but I was, I was, even though being a Stone Temple Pilots fan, um, I was like, really? Because I was kind of hoping that they went with some different, maybe not a known vocalist or, or something like that. That I was like, okay. I'm with you. I was underwhelmed when I found out that was the one they went with. Um, and frankly, when I first heard Set Me Free and Slither, both tracks were like, eh. Set Me Free, definitely. And then Slither, I was like, okay, but it's never been... That's like their go-to. It like, blew up for me. Yeah. I mean, it it, right. it it got to the where I was like, "Fuck, this really is a killer tune." Yeah, the the riff, the riffing, but it, but but at first you're kind of like, "Okay, is he gonna do this? Is he gonna?" So I guess my question is: Was Velvet Revolver? We're talking the two albums, but the first one. Do you think Velvet Revolver, the first one, Contraband? Which, by the way, when when they mentioned the name Contraband, you were familiar with the band Contraband from back in the early '80s, right? The little super X yeah. group. I thought that was kind of. Did you like that title? Or I was like, eh. I was okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did like the name of it, and I, I guess it was kind of surprising that you didn't notice. But I was like, okay, Velvet Revolver is the same thing as Guns and Roses, kind of like you know, velvet, something pretty or soft or whatever you want to say, and a gun. Did you make that connection? It doesn't sound like you did. No, not at all. No, no. Okay. Um, that's a, a pretty stupid observation. Uh, it seems obvious now, though. Right. Did you do you like? Did you like the name? I like the name. Were you like eh, or did you like the name of the band? It's okay. It's okay. not my favorite name. I I think Guns N' Roses is a better name. Velvet Revolver. They could have done worse. Okay. So I don't hate it, but I don't love it. 
So it comes out. You listen to it in full. Great album cover. Great album cover. I like that because it had it, it was it was modern ish, but it still kind of alluded to, you know, the eighties and stuff like that with a, a woman on the cover and the you know the little holstered weapon. Almost nothing really grabbed me from it though musically. Like when my, the first few spins, I actually set it down for a long time. But the uh, the the more time went on, the radio that would actually start playing some of these other songs like Fall to Pieces and stuff. The more I started to like uh, Slither. Then I all of a sudden I got to go back and check that record out, and then yeah, it's kind of fallen in, and it's like it's really a, a killer rock record, man. Yeah, for me, Jared uh, Kushner steals the show. Oh, absolutely, Jared definitely uh, has. The, without him, he kind of, he's the, definitely the glue that, that keeps <laughs> that keeps it all together. For me, it was hard because first off, on this album, more on the next one, but but Slash, the one thing that was missing is there's not that many solos on this album. I don't know if you notice that or not it's mostly just the riffing and it's i was looking for that so i had to get past that as far as like okay slash you're gonna have the solo and very few times you know play to the song it was it was uh, devoid of that but with that said uh about half of this works for me um and i love secretary and blues do it for the kids and big machine i think those are a perfect marriage of a little bit of stone temple and a little bit of of uh, guns roses secretary and blues though i mean he's that's a fucking GNR song to, to mm-hmm. me, the way it's done. Um, but yeah, a lot of this, uh, some of the slower songs I, I, I like too. It's, but th- those, the highlights is probably the, the, those, those first three in, in Slither. Um, Dirty Little Thing was a single, but, but um, not a highlight for me. Your thoughts? Uh, I love Dirty Little Thing. What about Fall to Pieces? Decent, decent ballad. Yeah, I like I like Fall to Pieces. Yeah, yeah, but uh, impressive. Um, did you ever see these guys live? Did not, because I think they went on this, and then later on they actually went on tour with Alice in Chains, which was an interesting lineup. The fact that both of those were kind of shells, if you if you will, of, of former bands. Well, they came here with Hoobastank, so that's why I didn't go. <laughs> well, which which one? This one. Or the one yeah, I was on this tour, yeah, pretty oh sure. Oh my god! They played Lied. at Prince's old club, Glam Slam, and uh, yeah, Hoobastank was the opener. 
I remember the Who was staying singer too. Apparently, they got booed a lot on that tour. It's like apparently, if you if you don't play Guns and Roses or or Stone Temple Pilots songs, you're gonna get booed. And I'm like, the reason you're getting booed is the reason. Uh, there's my there's my little Who was staying joke. That's all I got. Yeah. But there, there are definitely parts of this. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping for a Hoobastank joke. But here, here's the thing, man. There are points on this album, we have uh, our differing opinions on this, that give me more of that GNR feel than Chinese democracy. Your opinion? Like, like well, they, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, okay. I think, I think um, honestly, Slash's music and Axel's voice and melodies that's Guns N' Roses. And so you're going to, when they separate, you're going to get elements that the, that each of them bring to it. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm sorry, but I'm with Matt Sorum on this. Paul Huge isn't fucking Slash. Three years go by for Velvet Revolver, and the lineup stays amazingly the same. What say you? Uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, and uh, another great cover, by the way. Yep. I like this this album cover as well, uh, and it is Libertad. Also, an enhanced CD. Did you watch the video on Windows? Uh, it would have been, what, XP at this point? I did. I remember. I remember every time they would give that little bonus thing, you'd put it on there, and your your computer would basically turn, almost crash. <laughs> you try to watch this exclusive. You have to download all these plugins and like. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you like you like download this virus on your show just to uh, uh, destroy your computer just to watch some five minute clip, but. Um, I don't remember it, but I know I did it. It is funny if you think about that. How everybody everybody was trying to figure out this new te- internet yeah. computer technology and how we were going to enhance the experience and take advantage of it. And yeah, I think the enhanced CD might be the the biggest failure of, of that time. Easily, but I'm gonna let let you have it first. Your thoughts on this album? I like it. I, I, I initially didn't get give it almost like the same uh, the, the, with the first album. I didn't really spin it that much right away. It just didn't click with me. And then a couple of times, I, I, after I heard a couple of the, the singles on the radio, I went back to it. I think it's stronger. I think it's better than the first one. I play this more frequently th- all the way through than uh, Contraband. But uh, yeah. Although, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it, it's great. I love it. 
This is my second favorite uh, solo output from from Slash, or maybe tied with another one coming up. But the, yeah. the, the, well, I don't even consider it the, the difference. This was a big failure compared to the first one. This did not sell well um, right. in, in comparison. And probably this goes to, if you like Stone Temple Pilots, I think you would like this album a lot. If you don't like Stone it, Temple it Pilots. It definitely has more of that vibe, doesn't it? Yes, it is. This is actually one of my favorite Stone Temple Pilots albums if you want to think about it that way and, and what i mean by that is that they these are three minute songs tight as shit it has one of their best songs i think with the last fight on there too but yeah tracks like she mine mary mary just 16 those are just straight up stunt pilot songs they just said fuck it and there's hardly any soloing on this album but as far as the songs uh, this is this is a fun album if you have not given it a chance uh, go back to it with a different uh I guess a different headspace, just think, thinking a, a, a viewpoint of what you're going to expect, and I think you'll enjoy it. So what would you pick as the, the hot track off this one? Man, I'm going to go with She Mine. Said, I think it's just a stronger album. It's fun to listen to beginning to end. Yes, yes. It's more it's more focused. I'll just say whether you, whether yeah. you like if you like the focus of it, you're going to enjoy it. Well, Brendan O'Brien's going to get your fucking ass in focus. Of course, that's my point. I, what am I thinking? That that's my that I forgot to mention. Brendan O'Brien produced it, and the production is top notch on this one, just like all of his projects. Mm-hmm. So that that's part part of it too. Rest uh, in peace. Huh? <laughs> He's dead. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Jared Kushner choked him. Uh. God damn it! I knew that guy was a psycho. In the didn't he? Uh, didn't he marry one of the Hilton girls? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, some blonde. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, he did. Now we're, we've given Stephen Young or Steve Stephen Young. We've given Steve Michael a heart attack at this point. <laughs> These facts are all wrong. <laughs> Are 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 they fucking with us, or yeah. are, do they really think that Jared Kushner? <laughs> so, but but let's 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 move forward, and that is that uh, uh, you know um, I'm gonna say I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I'm just gonna say that Scott Weiland's uh, issues uh, ended Velvet Revolver, or they just went on to something absolutely. Different. And remember? It, it, I remember I was really hoping they would find a new singer and keep going because I liked what they were doing. In hindsight, I, I think uh, it's best that they, did, they, they just didn't. Yeah. 
Leave it as what it is. Now, let's move forward to what is usually a terrible idea, and that is to have an artist that puts out an album with various lead singers. Um, And that is this simply, what what a great idea. What What did you decide to call this project? Slash. Damn straight. And it's called... R and F and R, rock and it's fucking roll. It's actually not titled. It's just called Slash. That's fine, but it says rock and fucking roll on it. I always thought that was the title, but you are correct. It is just called Slash. First off, album cover. Cool. Yep, love it. I remember grabbing it the day of, of release, and uh, I'll, I'll give it to you as well. You have honors to start. I like the concept. Uh, Tony Iommi did this with his own stuff called Iommi, I don't know, about 10 years prior to this. Yep. And that is an amazing record if anybody hasn't checked it out. That was the first time I ever actually experienced that. Now, I, I, I think it's had mixed results since then, but this is a killer record with the exception of the Miles Kennedy songs. <laughs> All right. Um, I love the fucking Fergie track. Holy shit. I mean, the, you could run down this stuff, man. The the, the song with uh, Ian Astorberry is killer. Ghost. Uh, the, uh, Ian Astorberry's song is okay, but... Uh, I don't know, man. It just there's so much cool stuff on here. I don't care for I don't know by the sword. I th- th- that was yeah. all right, but uh, yeah. anyway. What about you? No, I, this one is is I guess what I mean by this is it's very hard usually when they, you have different singers for the album to be. You can have some great songs, but it's hard to listen to it in full most of the time. Mm-hmm. You see my correct, meaning? yeah. Like, yeah. but this one just flows, and 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 Slash has a way of on this particular album of he writes great songs for the actual particular artist, however it was it was done, or or they work together to do this, and in turn, they're basically, I almost think like they're songs of those artists with kickass Slash guitar on it. For to that point, Doctor Alibi, his, his his the song with Lemmy that got me into Motorhead. Really. Poser. Say, and I ain't gonna waste a second doing what you say. 
even got uh, things with political nightmare Kid Rock with I Hold On. That's a good Kid Rock song. You've got uh, the Ozzy songs, great. Uh, and actually, I did one of the artists I'd never had heard of, Miles Kennedy. I actually do like Back from Cali, but one of the worst songs ever put to to, to tape is Starlight. Oh my God, that is the voice that that I think that repulses you the most. But um, but man, I mean, Ugh. listen, if you could have a song that I don't hate and it has Adam Levine on it, what the fuck? That song's okay yeah, at least. That's how bad Miles Kennedy is. Adam Levine's song blows him away. <laughs> All right, but uh, and then the the pure fun of we're all gonna die with Iggy Pop talking about I like your tits. I mean that's that, yeah. right. That song is great. It's talking about pissing on the ground. I don't even like Iggy Pop really, and I love that song. Well, your I want to pick the I want to play the Fergie track. I love Beautiful Dangerous.
So during this time um, is when, in 2010, is when Slash started putting together his band, which I don't think even had a name, but it just started going on tour in support of this album um, that had Miles Kennedy as the lead singer. And we'll go into that in a minute. But their set list, first off, did you ever see Slash with Miles? I did not, no. Okay. I've seen him three times. Um, there was two fests I went to, and at the time they were playing heavy amounts of Guns N' Roses. They would play some songs from, from this album. They would play some Velvet Revolver, and they would play some Snake Pit. So for me, it was pure boner uh, fuel because it, it hit all these different eras in one. And for the most part, at the time, I was okay with Miles. Uh, in, in he, he was able to ape enough live, and actually the the, the live uh, uh, band is, is, is pretty kick-ass. So I've always had a good time seeing him live. So my point of telling you that is I saw him in 2010, I saw him in 2011, and I was excited, actually, when they said we are going to come out with an actual project with this guy that I've seen live uh, at, at the helm. I was like, okay, this sounds all right. Uh, and uh, so it comes out, and what's the name? First off, what's the name of the band, Baco? Do they call it Slash, or what do they call it? Uh, they called it Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. So it's got <laughs> way too goddamn many names, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Who approved this? Slash? It's either, listen, it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but it's not fucking the guitarist plus the guy plus these other guys. Come up with a name. It's, it's, it's fucking retarded. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like Alter Bridge had to sign off on this, and that was the only way. I like you know I I, I can't imagine what what the point was. Um, it's like, first of all, it's just Miles Kennedy. If he doesn't want the gig, find anybody else. Is that a oh, selling no, point? It's, yeah, it's like that, it's like is, you're acting like you're getting fucking I don't know. You're acting like Axl Rose agreed to fucking tour with Slash. You guys, but you have to mention Axl Rose. This why is, isn't it just less? So let's break that down. Why is it not just Slash and the Conspirators or the Conspirators or just fucking Slash? There's not a single person that's buying this album that's gonna say, oh, if this is with Miles Kennedy, now I'm <laughs> now I'm in. If right? anything, if they have ears, they're going, this is with Miles Kennedy? <laughs> what do you... God, yeah. I really like Slash, but Jesus. Now, they put out quite a few albums, which we're going to kind of fire through here in this, this oh. section of the... the uh, it. And there are some, some, some gems in here. But let's talk about the, the, the big elephant uh, in the room or the, uh, or the big dog whistle in the room or whatever you want to call it. What are your thoughts on Miles Kennedy, sir? I, it took me a while to actually figure it out, but Miles Kennedy is an American Idol singer because it's not like the guy can't sing. He can. I've never claimed he can't hit a note. It's just that he's got a very annoying voice, and it doesn't really. And he clearly, you know, takes. He's in charge of the lyrics and the melodies, and he sucks at both. It turns out. Uh, I'll tell you what. Do this for me, Luce. Give me six words, and I will put together a Miles Kennedy chorus for you. Okay. Um, uh, I'm using TaskRabbit to build my IKEA furniture. I'm using TaskRabbit to build my IKEA furniture. 
That's every goddamn Miles Kennedy chorus. No soul, no passion, no actual melody to what he sings. He's kind of like the white Beyonce. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't go in. The only thing I can go in with you uh, on all this is. I get the. I will go in with you, the Mike American Idol singer. By the way, while I'm doing this, and I was just trying to pull up some things on Miles, Velvet Revolver. He was actually one of the singers that auditioned for it. <laughs> that is a new fact that I did not know until recording this episode. Like you sound too much like Adam Lambert. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> but but yeah. So it's that person that that can sing technically correct. But in seeing him live, I will tell you that his stage presence. You know what is, he is. You know what, what? he is, Luz? Go ahead. He's that fucking guy at the bar all night during karaoke night ordering Pepsis. Ruining karaoke by going up there and trying. <laughs> I got to stay sober because I got my Elton John song up. Oh, okay. So you see he's pacing himself and he's like, he's respecting the art and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The then, art of karaoke is right. about drunk girls sounding like shit. And he's up there trying. Well, I That's can tell. Miles Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I just, I just like anytime my dog's not listening, I just put on the Miles Kennedy album. He is the human dog whistle. I've said. Yes. So with Miles Kennedy, though, from from uh, 2012 forward, they put out. Three albums and a couple live things and, and things of that nature. And actually, they put out that live album is the one that reminded me of those great, like, been there lately and stuff like that that I completely forgot of. Uh, forgot, I mean. And they are not improved with him singing lead. Um, but the point is, is that they put out Apocalyptic Love, World on Fire. God damn it. What's the last one? Living the Dream. Exactly my point. Apparently, they put out a third one. And I went and previewed it for, for this uh for this uh, for the show as well, but now if 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 you take the music from uh, World on Fire and said give it to Axel, we have probably uh, an amazing fucking Guns N' Roses record. I will uh, I will completely agree with you. And actually, I'll, there are some key tracks on Apocalyptic Love, sir, such as uh, Standing in the Sun and You're a Lie that I actually enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. But but there's this goes to the whole songwriting thing where Apocalyptic Love is basically. A bunch of riffs that he that he threw out there to me, and it didn't really go anywhere. And Miles didn't help improve the process either on that one, except for a couple tracks. But man, when World on Fire came out, though, let's talk about let's just focus on that for these three albums because that's the one I think that is the most perplexing or 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 drives you crazy listening to it. Go into mm-hmm. more about World on Fire when you listen when you sat down with it. First yeah, off, it, wait. Well, first off, before we go into that. It makes five o'clock somewhere seem slim. It is seventeen fucking songs and eighty oh, yeah. minutes long. Okay? That'd be the only complaint. You can you just I, I don't need that when I get an album unless it's a concept record. Right. It is so frustrating. I review that was one of the first record reviews I did for Decibel Geek. I'm like, the music would start and I'm like, holy fuck, this is just killer. And first then Miles thir- first would come seconds. in. Miles would come in to talk like this. This is the way every verse I do goes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just, oh, God, it just, it was every fucking track. It's like, can't this guy write a, get get somebody who knows melody. Get Desmond Child to come in and say, you only need five words here, not 83. You know, or syllables, I should say. Syllables, not words. Oh, Oh my God, that guy. He's basically just talks, talks things and then just goes, 
I will take the other side of it, and I am not a hater. There's times when I actually, I don't know if it's like or tolerate. There's certain times. Isn't he singing for Warrant right now too? I don't think that that's true. (laughs) I think I think that's the other guy, the guy that did backup for Ozzy. What's his name? Come on, what's his name? Uh, It's Styles Menady. Robert somebody. (laughs) Robert Mason. Yeah, the the Miles Kennedy of 1990. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'll go with that. But the. But I mean, we'll just, no, I've just pissed off two groups of fans. That's fine. But the title track "World on Fire" automatic overdrive starts off like a song that you just think is off of Appetite. Stone, 30 to Life. I mean, you look at these tracks, and it, you're correct. If there was just a different singer. Um, and these are the ones that actually I can deal with his voice on, that somehow he fits it a little better than others. But, man, you are right. I mean, between there are certain solos on these these songs, too, that are just like, if only this was crafted. They did, they did not know how good they had it. For the, no for shit. That. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with either Automatic Overdrive, Wicked... Wicked Stone, you know, nope, I'm going with the one that grabs me every time and that's 30 to life.
on the flip side of this, where we talked about all the music, that only if there could be a different singer, Living the Dream came out in 2018. I listened to this album in full. It wasn't as long as the other ones, but nothing grabbed me two years ago. And I went back and committed myself to listen to it again, just to at least find guitars and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a, a fucking thing again about it. It's like a, a zero for me. <laughs> again, from the album cover with the slash thing with the stars on it. First off, Living the Dream sounds like some shit somebody tells you at CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just... I There's a, not a single thing I can even talk about from this song that, that's redeemable. You? I don't know that I've ever actually listened to Living in the Dream. Not you even have, in preparation for this. You know what? You have... That right there, that is better. The silence right there is better than this this, this album. You don't need to. It's it's everything that's forget everything that was ever cut off of a Slash or Guns N' Roses album is on this album. And and, and Guns N' Roses was basically starting their reunion thing with. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Fonzie, uh, to to Canada there. <clears throat> Axel having Duff and Slash back in Guns N' Roses, not reunion. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to be uh, uh, get that wrong, but yeah, that was around the same. So was, they kind of like tossed this out there quick, is all I'm getting at. Right. It was like why, kind of yeah. deal. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was interesting the timing of it. But here's the thing that's more interesting. They actually went on tour with this last year. So in 2000, end of 2018, early 2019, mm. they actually started touring behind this album. And like I said, I have seen them live before a couple times. And you know how I like to look up set lists. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Love, love set lists. I like to know what I'm going to listen to before I before I see it. But I was actually really glad I did it this time. Here's the balls. You talk about the whole slash with Miles Kennedy mm-hmm. and the conspirators things. No bullshit. When I told you about uh, that was appealing about the 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 live version of Miles Kennedy was the catalog that they drew from. No bullshit. This entire tour, 20 track set list. No Guns N' Roses. Only Miles Kennedy era songs are played on this live tour. They said in the announcement slash said, we now have a wealth of great material. We're only going to play this band's material. Nobody in that fucking crowd is. And that is what what actually inspired me that I've had this show on the back burner of what an interesting catalog of music to play that you have Snake Pit you've got Guns N' Roses you've got some Miles stuff you've got that solo stuff that you did on that album and you've got Velvet fucking Revolver and you played none of it except for these three albums what balls he's like the Kevin Garnett of musicians dude you're the fucking star here if there's you, it's clearly just catering to, to Miles and there's no goddamn reason to I get the fact that you're not going to play, maybe play three Guns N' Roses songs because that is actually an entity right now versus before. And the fact that when I would go... I wonder if that has something to do with it. Maybe that was the reason. But that doesn't matter. But that means you can still play Velvet Revolver. You can play Slash Soul. You can play the Mm -hmm. Snake Bit stuff. Those are the things. If you're a fan going this, you want to hear a little bit of all of it. And at the time, what made it so unique was the fact that I could hear, you know, Rocket Queen live or, 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 or... Whatever. I'd never seen that since like the early 90s and stuff like that. So that seemed like an amazing concept. I get that part of it. It's fuck. That has to do with Miles. This has nothing to do with anything but it. That's why it says with Miles Kennedy. That's why they could actually have the balls. If you were Miles Kennedy and you or anybody in that band, you would say, this is a bad fucking idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. It'd be like Ace Frilly going out and only playing Todd Howarth songs. <laughs> yeah. 
Not not even Aaron Camaro would enjoy that show. <laughs> Ace Freely featuring Todd Howarth and Freely's Comet. Yes. I think we've summarized that summarizes this entire episode. Here's the thing. We hope today. I'm just trying go to go back to carry go back to your Pepsi's and karaoke night miles. The world yeah. would be a better place. My earbuds would appreciate it. Yeah. Go back to your altered bridge fans that like technically perfect, boring as fuck music. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Stephen Michael. And um no problem. <laughs> I don't even know if he likes them. But yeah, that seemed like no an fun. easy, easy shot. Yeah, but the yeah, whole, cheap shot. The whole thing about this is is that listen, if you haven't delved into it, we hope this episode is at least a check out. By the out way, if you're going to a festival, Alter Bridge, gonna be on between four thirty and six, I guarantee it. Yes. Four thirty and six, <laughs> they'll be right they'll be right by by uh, C- Seether and Chevelle. Chevelle. That'll be the warm up. So if you ever need, they also call that nap time. <laughs> they're, they're, they're big enough that they can't be too early, nope. but they're going to be in that kind of sleepy period every time. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Alter Bridge is now turning on the name Alter Bridge with featuring Miles Kennedy. It's like it's a creed, but slightly less douchey, but only, but it's actually is douchey. It's just more in secret, not more. Yeah, it's, it's it's secretly douchey. Yeah. Yeah. At least Creed was. Even if you hated it, you remembered it. Yeah, that's true. So here's the thing. I can name my, I can sing my five least favorite Creed songs. Uh, I can't, I can't sing one Alter Bridge tune. I'll say that that yeah, that is actually a compliment and, and a, an accomplishment as well. So so the thing is this, just like uh, uh, unlike Miles Kennedy who omitted the rest of Slash's catalog to be played live, we want you our loyal listener, just delve into a couple of the, the Snake Pit albums, sample some Velvet Revolver, which you probably have known that from the other ones, the the solo album. You know, the, there are some key tracks from the Miles Kennedy stuff that, that I actually enjoy, but take a look at it. There's a shitload of songs besides just the Guns N' Roses era with Slash mm-hmm. in it that we should, we, we, that there is some gold in those hills, but you gotta, you gotta dig a little bit. You gotta mine it. All right, you wanna get out of here? Yeah, it's time to go, man. Okay. Rock's not dead. It's featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. played we're all gonna die so i think i'm gonna pick uh let's what did i mention i did not play we're all gonna die did you just fucking hear me what do you mean i picked fergie i understand that sir i said said 
No, I said I'm not going to pick We're All Gonna Die because you featured oh, that in an episode recently. What you said, oh, we just played it. Okay. Yes. Misheard you. Sorry. You okay now? Well, you had a history of like throwing in the wrong track when I picked something. The one thing that actually really wanted to play and feature, that'd be the one that you would slip in fucking sabotage. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 